1: All right, thanks for stopping by the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast today. So today I'm going to talk to you, uh, start off today talking to you about culture and the impact it has on your ability to become the, capital T-H-E, sought-after employer of choice in your industry. And those of you who've been following me for a long time, you know my mission is to develop the blue-collar workforce, those who lead them, those who support them. That basically means I travel all over this country growing and developing people at every level from entry level to CEO and owner level of organizations, everybody in between, engineers, customer service, the workforce, those supporting the workforce, safety, quality, delivery, management at every level, all kind of people principles i talk about and share with folks they apply to everyone so if you're tired of searching for good people and and some people they they're tired of searching for any people you know it's, it's the peaky it's the peaky leaders who are searching for good people there's, there's a lot of folks out there that they searching for any people and all you hear them talk about the labor shortage and you've heard me talk before that the labor shortage ain't got anything to do with why they can't find people because there's 160 million plus people out there willing to work. They're available. I'm sure you don't need that many. So uh, if you can't find people, you got to look in the mirror and say, why don't people want to work here? Why can't you steal them from your competition? That sort of thing. So if you're tired of searching for good people, any people, and you want to attract and retain top talent, then you got to start making those already on your team feel like they matter. See, that's the key right there. That that's why when when companies can't find people, especially when they can't find any people, it's because of how the leaders in the company make the people who are already working there actually feel. Because, you know, depending on how they're feeling. When someone asks them, Do you like your job? If you're treating the people that already work in your organization or own your team specifically, maybe you're not the owner or the CEO, but you're a formal authority leader, people report to you. If you treat those people like they matter, and then because of that, they actually feel like they matter, then when someone asks them, Do you like your job? they'll have great things to say about their leader. You, if you're their leader, and the organization. You see, a lot of leaders, especially low-impact leaders who ain't ever studied formal leadership development, they don't have a deep understanding of leadership. They, they, they do everything based on their position, their power, their authority, their rank, whatever you want to call it. There's something they don't understand. They don't understand this right here, or either they don't care. If they don't care, They ain't a whole lot you can do for them. If they don't understand, you can raise their level of awareness and help them, grow them, and there's a lot you can do for those people. But every person on your team is a brand ambassador for your organization. And this is a piece that a lot of people, you know, even if people understand that, even if they understand every person on my team is a brand ambassador for my organization, a lot of people do understand that. A lot, a lot more don't understand it, but a lot do understand it. But there's something even those people are usually missing. When I say everyone on your team is a brand ambassador for your organization, I'm talking about all those people who are working there now and also another very important group, those who used to work there, those who worked there in the past. And a lot of people just forget all about those people. You know, a lot of companies, a lot of leaders, they terminate people, they throw them away like they don't matter because to those people, they don't. Or maybe they're a bad performer. Maybe they have bad character. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why they're terminated. But they're terminated. What I'm wanting you to know is all those people who have ever worked in your organization, plus the ones who work there now, what they say to people outside of your organization is either attracting or repelling people. From your organization so what what the people who work there now and in the past have to say is either going to cause people to want to work there or it's going to cause people not to want to work there and a lot of people they really really a lot of leaders they don't think about it when they terminate somebody and you know this if you worked at other companies i guarantee you it might have been 20 years ago but if you really didn't like working at that company there's a good chance you're still talking bad about that company and i promise i know this You've heard other people who worked at companies in the past. They don't work there anymore, but you've heard them badmouthing that company. You've heard them badmouthing that boss. Those two things right there, that's all you need to, to validate that what I'm telling you is true. That people who used to work in an organization can do a lot of damage as a brand ambassador to that organization. Just because you terminate somebody doesn't mean they're no longer a brand ambassador, they're going to always be a brand ambassador. So you don't want to be terminating folks. That ain't good. You say, well, sometimes you got to terminate them. Yeah, you do. But you also had to hire them. You can't terminate them until you hire them. So if you're terminating a lot of people, or if a lot of people are terminating you, meaning you got high turnover, they're firing the boss and they're leaving, it matters how your organization is being led. Because if I'm growing and developing leaders, those people are going to be hiring better quality character of people. And the relationships are going to be better. Everything's going to be better. But a lot of leaders, they miss this whole thing I'm talking to you about right now. And again, I'm talking to you from a previous post that I shared on my social media like I did last week's episode. I'm going to do that a lot this year. But every person you terminate or lay off and those who quit will also talk about your organization for years. Same thing, I'm I'm just saying it again. But how you treat them on the way out matters for a long time. Basically, for the rest of their lives, people are going to talk about where they work. I still talk about every job I've ever had. And it depends on what I'm talking about, if it was good or it was bad. But most often, if I'm talking about the leaders, it was bad. But I learned a lot from those bad leaders. But I know there's a whole lot of other people talking about those same leaders. And a lot of them don't work at that company anymore, but they still spreading negative word-of-mouth advertisement about those leaders. You, know, I don't do it directly now. I used to before I got better. I'm better now, so <laughs> I do it. I use it as lessons. I don't point fingers at specific people, call out their name. I used to. I used to be terrible. I had bad character. But ever since 2008, I've been working on my character, growing it and developing it. I still may use their, those stories as lessons, but I don't point out the person. That part doesn't matter. And a lot of times I don't point out the specific company or when it was, that kind of thing. So nobody really knows. Was it while I was working at company XYZ or some other ones? Or was it while I was consulting? Or who knows? Part doesn't matter. The reason I'm talking about it now is I'm I'm helping people gain value out of the, the bad leader. I'm I'm helping them get a lesson out of the bad leader so they don't make that same mistake with their own team. But what people say about an organization is cultural word-of-mouth advertisement. What are they saying? Is it good or bad? And if you're a leader or you're an owner, especially if you're an owner or CEO of a business, but if if, if you're just a leader in general, it doesn't matter. But how, how would you know if the people who work there now or the people who used to work there in the past, how would you know if they're saying good or bad stuff? You might think, well, how would you know? Unless you listened to them, you wouldn't know. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's real easy to know. Here we go. Remember, I keep things simple, but I'm going to tell you how you'll know what people in your organization who work there now or who have ever worked there, what they're saying, positive or negative, good or bad. How would you know? Here it is. When the people who work or have worked there have great things to say about working there, other people want to work there. It's that simple. You won't have to search for good people. They'll find you. That's how you know the people who work there and the people who used to work there, for the most part, or maybe for all of it, are saying positive things and good things. That's how you know. What about the other side of the coin? When the people who work there or have worked there have bad things to say about working there, other people don't want to work there. It's that simple you'll struggle to find good people. Or when what they say is really bad and when almost everybody who's saying anything is saying bad stuff, you're going to struggle to find any people. So that's how you know what people who are working there are saying. You don't need to do a survey. People say, well, if you do a survey, they probably wouldn't be honest anyway. They probably wouldn't if they don't like the leaders and they don't like the organization. But you don't have to do all that. You don't have to spend any money. All you got to do is be open and honest with yourself and say how hard is it for us to find any people or good people? Are we attracting great people? Do we not even have to find people because they're finding us? If you've got a line waiting to get in the door, you know you're getting some good word-of-mouth advertising. That means you got some good leaders in your organization. If you can't find good people, but you can find some people, well, it probably means you kind of in the middle on the leadership spectrum, maybe, but you're on the low low side of the middle. But if you just can't find any people, meaning you're struggling to get anybody to want to work in your company, that means you've got terrible leaders, and you may be one of them, but, but you won't be one of them long if you keep listening to these kind of podcasts, reading the kind of books I talk about. But most likely, if you're listening, you're one of the good leaders, even though you may be working in a, in a bad organization. You, you're going to develop options, and one of them's going to be to find a better organization. And then you'll be talking about the last one you were at. You'll be a brand ambassador for that company the rest of your life. So as a leader, are, are you aligning your leaders and team members around a common set of values and principles that create trust and strengthen relationships? If not, you likely think the labor shortage is your problem. It's not. If so, you likely don't realize there is a labor shortage, because there's not one for you. You're probably stealing top talent from your competitors. They may have a labor shortage, but you don't. So, uh, again, the what I just shared with you is, it comes from uh, the resource I have for that. is for those who who want to become the sought after employer of choice in their industry or their area of operations. And what, I'm, what I just shared with you, not word for word because I'm adding a lot as I talk about it, but basically the resource you want to dive into, if anything I just said makes sense to you, is my book, Blue Collar Leadership and Culture, The Five Components for Building High-Performance Teams. And I've got a 30-part podcast series already released on that book. You can go back to episode 179, listen to the 30-part podcast series. Won't cost you a penny. But If you really want to get the gold in that book and read it word for word and slow down and make a tool out of it, highlight, study it, lead your team through a book study, you need to get the book. You can get it on Amazon. You can read the first five chapters at bluecollarleadership.com forward slash download, and you'll see the outline of the book. And You can also, uh, if you if you like audio, you apparently probably do if you listen to this podcast. We've got a lot of audio books. And that book's on audio. You can go to topstoryleadership.com forward slash audiobooks or just look at it on the menu at topstoryleadership.com and look for audiobooks on the menu and go down and you can listen. You know, select Blue Collar Leadership and Culture and listen to a five-minute sample of that book. And there's also a lot of samples of other books there too. So let's move on to a, another thought. High-impact leaders are, continuously, are continually enhancing their cultures by relentlessly developing their teams. See, a lot of companies, a lot of leaders, if they're really good managers of people, and also leaders, I should say, but really I'm talking about managers, they believe in continuous improvement. A low-impact a low manager don't comp- concern themselves with Continuous improvement. They're just trying to get by. (laughs) Low impact managers of people, they're no different than a lot of the people who are doing the work. They have quit but stayed. Those leaders who can't even manage their processes, well, they're just there to get a check. No matter what their title is, if they're a bad manager of things and processes, they're just there to get a check. Happens at every level, not just on the front lines. It happens all the way up to the top. There's some big dogs at the top who are there just to get a check. And you know who they are because they're just terrible. doesn't matter if they're a VP, a CEO, an executive VP. doesn't make any difference. The high-impact leaders are continuously enhancing their cultures by relentlessly developing their teams. So great teamwork exists when there is a synergy between team members and they collaborate a collaborative effort by team members to achieve common goals. And in today's high stakes game of business, the players on the team are the competitive advantage for any organization. Remember, they're all brand ambassadors. So if, if you want the current people who are actually working there today to be positive brand ambassadors, to be saying good and great things about your company, you got to build a great team of people where there's a high degree of synergy, where teamwork exists, where there's not silos and politics backstabbing and all that goofy stuff that happens in most poorly led organizations. When you start hearing about silos in a company, all that tells you is terrible leadership at the top. A high impact leader, there's not going to be silos in a company. There's not going to be office politics. All that stuff happens where there's poor leadership at the top. And then all those people who are working there and all those who have worked there go out and give you bad word of mouth advertisement. Then you can't find any good people or sometimes you can't find any people. Depends on how bad that stuff is in your organization. You guys all know this is true. Ain't nothing special about me except I talk about the truth and I make it simple so that anybody can understand and they nod their head and they'll say yes. But to do it, you know, to understand is common sense, but to do something about it requires uncommon sense. But again, the players on the team are the competitive advantage for any organization. But only if they are collaborating with each other instead of competing with each other. That's the difference. See, on whenever there's low-impact leadership in an organization, most people are competing. Even the leaders are competing with each other. People on the front lines are competing for, the, for, for recognition and influence. Sometimes promotions and the same exact things happening at every other level in the organization. It's happening in engineering department. It happens in customer service. It happens everywhere where there's poor leadership within the organization. Teams compete. They compete all day long. Competing is great if you're doing it with those outside of your organization, but it's not so good if it's on the inside and it's negative. There's good competition too, but it requires high-impact leadership. But then you're not really competing, you're collaborating. Then you're cheering each other on. You're helping each other win. That's a completely different kind of teamwork. But high-impact team players at all levels are growth-oriented. So I'm just breaking it down to to one nugget. There's a lot of principles. One thing doesn't make someone a high-impact team player. It's a lot of things. I'm just saying one of those things, it's really a foundational thing, is that they're growth-oriented. Because when you grow yourself, you grow your influence. And as Albert Einstein stated so well, intellectual growth should commence at birth and cease only at death. Albert Einstein's talking about we can grow our entire lives. Most people don't. Most people settle. You know, most of those who are searching in life find what they'll settle for and stop looking for what they were searching for. It's that simple. But growth-oriented people, they don't fall victim to that way of thinking. They don't settle. They're always growing. I mean, I know people who are 70, 80 years old who still read all the time. Not junk books, good books on personal growth and leadership development. They may even be retired already and they're still reading and growing because they live in the principle that I just shared with you from Albert, Albert Einstein. So why should you focus on growth? Whoever you are that's listening to me. Regardless of your position, title, your wealth, what you have or don't have, all that stuff, why should you focus on growth? Because growth creates freedom and options. And your life will always be better with more freedom and more options. You don't need a scientific study. You don't need a research study. You don't need have profound wisdom to understand that right there. Anybody who can speak the English language can understand what I just said, that when you when you experience growth, you have more freedom and more options. And also, your life's this is a key point, your life's always going to be better with more freedom and more options. Like right now, if you follow a bad boss or you work in a company you don't want to be working in, you'd rather work somewhere else, you don't have freedom and options. If you did, you would have exercised that freedom and option. Or you don't like the options you have. You're always free to leave, but you may not like that option. That option may be you can't pay your car payment because you can't get a job. Remember, you should always go to a job, not leave a job. So always create options and then go exercise those options. But when the team creates more options for the organization, Everyone will benefit. We're talking about organizational teamwork now. Just a second ago, I was talking about why you as an individual should grow. But one reason is because you're going to be a better team member for your team, for your leader. But when the entire team is growing, that team's going to create more options for the organization. Everyone's going to benefit who works on that team. And when the leaders create more options for the team, the team will benefit. So the leaders who are growing and developing themselves, they're going to be able to, to create options for their team, for their organization. So when you, your team, and your organization are out of options, life isn't getting better. It's getting worse. But when you grow, the team automatically grows because you can't grow yourself without growing your team because you are a part of the team. So if you want... You know, if, if, if you want the team to be better, the quickest way you can make that happen is to take the lead and get better yourself. And I'm here to tell you, you're already doing that. If you're listening to this podcast, you're growth-oriented. You're trying to get better. When you do, your team's going to be better and your organization's going to be better because of you. But don't have a scarcity mindset. If you're growing and developing yourself, listening to this podcast, and you work with other people, and they're not listening to this, or you haven't shared it, don't share it for me. I don't care. I'm good to go. I'm reading and growing myself every day. But as a leader or a high-impact team player, share the resource with your team, because when they get better, you're going to get better. Everybody's going to win. This stuff's free. I do this for free to help you and anybody else who who wants to listen. So my, my resource that relates to to team building It's my book, Blue Collar Leadership and Teamwork, 30 Traits of High Impact Players. Trait one in that book is actually be growth-oriented. Every chapter starts with the word be, be And it's all about how to be while you're doing what you do. So if you want to become a high-impact team player or you're a leader and you want to grow and develop high-impact team players, dive into this book. If you're a leader, get copies of this book for all the people on your team. Go through a book study with them. This is one of those books. It's 30 chapters, three pages each. You can read a chapter six or seven minutes. Help raise your team's awareness. Start helping everyone learn how to be. That's leadership. You don't have to use my books. I don't care what books you use. I care if you do it or not. But I'm taking my time to make this podcast. I've written and Ria's written. We've got 32 books. We got a lot of resources, so I'm going to tell you about them. You can ignore it; I don't care. But as a leader, you got to grow yourself, and you got to go grow your team. That's what I really care about. And again, you can read the first five chapters of this book at bluecollarleadership.com forward slash download. Go to topstoryleadership.com forward slash audiobooks and listen to a five-minute sample of Blue Collar Leadership and Teamwork. But again. High-impact leaders are continually enhancing their cultures by relentlessly developing their teams. And you got to know, everyone is not born to be a great leader. But everyone can become a much better leader. That's what you have to know. That's what I know. Everybody's not going to be a great leader, phenomenal leader. But everyone can become a much better leader. Everyone already has the ability to lead at a higher level. They may not be exercising that ability. They may not be leveraging that ability. They may be coasting because they're not growth-oriented, so they may not ever become a better leader, but they could. And again, not everyone can become a great leader, but without a doubt, everyone can become a better leader, and they can become a better leader for the rest of their lives. It's why I read every day. Every day, I'm trying to get better. I'm going to do it the rest of my life. But you know, many aren't willing to pay the price to climb to the next level and beyond. Instead of making it happen, they simply rely on hoping and wishing. And neither of those are an effective strategy. Hoping and wishing you become better, or hoping and wishing your team will get better, or they'll just show up tomorrow and get along better with everybody, or or you wish they'll give better positive word of mouth advertisement for the organization when they ain't working here, when they are working here, when they're at the, at the ball game on Friday night or Saturday. You wish they were saying positive things. Well, hoping and wishing they'd say positive things ain't going to make them say positive things. It's not an effective strategy. You got to know this leaders are not born or made. A lot of people want to know are leaders born or made? Well, I don't think it's either one. I think leadership is a choice. People choose to become leaders and develop themselves accordingly. Or either they don't. So, If you listen to this podcast, you're choosing to become a better leader. It's a choice. Do some people have more natural abilities and talents to become a leader if they apply themselves? Absolutely, just like anything else in life. Could I I promise you, you don't want me doing anything music-related except listening to it. That's about what I'm good at. I can listen to some music, but I can't make any music. I can't sing. I can't play any instruments. But could I get better at it? Absolutely, if I went and developed myself. Would I ever be like these top people in the industry? All, all the, the best and greatest musicians you've ever heard of, would I ever be like them? No. I don't have the natural talents and abilities. But but they didn't come out of the womb. They weren't not born being that great musician. They had to pay the price also and grow and develop themselves. But they had a head start because they had a natural ability. It's the same way with leadership. Not everybody's going to be a great leader, but everybody can be a better leader. Becoming a better leader is simply a choice. And the most basic and generic definition of leadership is influence. Developing your influence relative to character and competency is a choice. And again, high impact leadership, all about character development. Yes, you have to have a competency. I'm assuming you're going to have some type of competency. But I'm assuming you may not naturally understand the degree that developing your character is going to help launch you to the next level and beyond. Hopefully you do understand that. That's why you're listening. But... This may be the first podcast you ever listened to of mine or anything like mine. So if, if that's you, I got about 260, 70 more behind this one. Go back, dive into that and start listening, start taking action. But if you want to learn how to intentionally increase your influence again, which is really means develop your leadership. My very first book I ever wrote was titled Defining Influence. Increasing your influence increases your options. And I've talked to you about those options. The more options you have in life, the better your life's going to be. A lot of people don't know that to get options, they need more influence. They know it as soon as you say it because it makes sense, common sense. But going and reading leadership development, personal growth books to develop and enhance your influence, most people don't understand that that content is out there. So that book is a it's like a big book. It's 250 pages. I think it's 19 chapters. But I really dive deep into influence. I mean, it's got a lot of my personal stories, a lot of bad ones where I failed as a parent and all kinds of other ways that I failed. But it's full of nuggets that'll help you intentionally increase your influence, help you become a high-impact team player, help you grow and develop high-impact team players. Anyway, I hope I hope you enjoyed today's lessons, and today's thought. And again, I compliment you and respect you for growing and developing yourself. Not everybody's doing it. You know it, and I know it. Talk to you next time.
0: Make it happen, or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership series books and others now available on audio along with paperback and e-books at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max's books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.